Welcome back to Homo in Late Training. I'm JDIA, and you're here for for some thoughtful shit. So don't worry, Leslie's coming up soon. But we're a variety show, change topics every week, and this week we're for our thought shit, where we have part D to uh, our amazing, 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 amazing guest Sarah Larson, Doctor. Uh, md like this girl has letters in her name bitch it's comma letter letter okay and the first part of our episode with her three weeks ago was about how you get into med school and all that med school drama now you're done with school you got your certif you you walked with your little funny hat with the little funny dingle dangle and now you're ready for the world so let me tell you this episode is long but it's because that journey is fucking long. So just uh, go to the bathroom, get a drink. Um, if you're driving home, let's go because you're about to get overwhelmed. So I want to get into the residency yeah. of just like, okay, now you made it here. You're done. But <laughs> one, one other thing is, it's med school kind of like high school Kind of like you oh, have your yeah. here. Oh, yeah. You have your 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 feminists here. You have your jock asshole guys here. Mm-hmm. You have your super rich tone death. So it's like that. It's yeah. literally like that. Yeah. Um. Ooh. It's interesting because, and uh, so so there's a there's an ophthalmologist who has a, a TikTok account and he's quite hilarious. His name is Doctor mm-hmm. Glaucom Flecken. Um, and he, he posts like all these like parody videos of like all the different specialties and like, they all have a certain rep, right? It's like pediatricians, they love babies. They're happy people. They like, like wearing bright clothes. Um, ortho, they're the jocks. They lift all the time. OBs, you know, cry at the side of a baby, (laughs) you know, it's just like, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing, but yeah. There, it is interesting. There are personalities that gravitate towards certain things or like neurologists who are like brain doctors are like super nerds. You know, they're like the nerd of all, you know, the, the nerd of the nerds type of a thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. So certain mm-hmm. personalities kind of gravitate towards certain fields, um, which is interesting. Uh, there's also um, an Instagram account that like pairs American girl dolls with the specialties and then their personalities. That's pretty fun. <laughs> But yeah, so then, of course, you know, in med school, you kind of gravitate towards your people. And again, without my people, I wouldn't have made it. I would have I would have failed out. I would have left. I would have died. Who knows? So definitely mm-hmm. there are people you vibe with more. And there, you know, there's some of your people for life. Because again, yeah. they're helping you survive this really traumatic system where you may or may not have any support. Um, so yeah. you, you had asked mm-hmm. earlier, like, is there more support in at this step? Mm. <laughs> Depends. Depends on your med school and maybe how concerned they are about their public image. Maybe it depends about how many med students have killed themselves recently, which is a very, very big problem in the system. We don't talk about that enough. The depression. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Substance use. I didn't know that. Suicide I didn't know that all. amongst med students and residents and doctors is a, is a huge, honestly, it's <gasps> a public health crisis in our country. And so I think, I think genuinely some schools, some programs obviously really care and are trying to help that. So sometimes like they'll give you access to counselors, they'll have like peer support, maybe our med school hired like a, oh God, and I feel so bad. Marsha was the best. I don't even know like what her role was. We basically just called her like our house mom. She would like mm-hmm. come around with like coffee in between lectures. Oh, she would Marcia. chat with us. Marcia. Yeah, we love Marcia. 
she retired, but she like she's like the reason, you know, like things would happen, uh, traumatic things would happen to me, and I would the only person I would feel comfortable talking to, like in admin, would be Marsha. I'd be like, Marsha, I trust you to like pass this on that like X, Y, and Z thing was rather fucked up, and I don't want this to happen to other students. She'd be like, okay, and like no, she was she was fantastic, and so there are there are some supports, but again, it's like if you're first gen. If yeah, you really need to work on the side. If you're if you're a parent, you know, if it, just like anything, like if you're not the cookie cutter, you know, really well off, non-struggling, you know, neurotypical person that has zero problems, which like who's that at this point? I don't know. Like it's it's yeah. it's hard, and you know, there's no there's no perfect answer, but I you have to have faith that the system's working on it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah no you have to you yeah. have to or yeah. else I think you'd go insane exactly yeah you have to um one one really quick question before mm-hmm. we, we move to the residency because yeah. I think this is really what the people will want to know okay. like we really when we get to the nitty-gritty okay. so people taking out loans mm. are you are they applying for silly little FAFSA every time and then it's the <laughs> government saying like yes ma'am we are going to give you a unsubsidized uh, uh private loan a Perkins loan for 50k each time you want it or are you getting a parent plus or are you getting a parent <laughs> or are you going are people going to banks or people oh, are just saying yeah. like I don't know I'll just take whoever loans me this x amount true because I heard that the interest rate on loans is like crazy it's compared insane. to other stuff but I, I think probably a bank would probably be worse Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the banks were for sure worse. I know some people. So, and to be honest, you should probably have somebody on that knows more about finances. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I worked with our like, you know, our academic financial counselors. Um, basically, I will say like for graduate medical education, there's there are pretty set different types of loans and like you're going to qualify um they will give you an appropriate amount of money to live there's not Mm -hmm. a ton and they'll like make you watch modules about making smart decisions budgeting blah 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 um Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like that'll be enough for like living and school um some people then take out private ones for extra x y and z things like i know some people had medical things happen for their family or them and so they, they took out some extra loans but yeah, in general, it's like it's all like through the government. At the end of like maybe residency, you'll you'll touch on this. Mm-hmm. Then it's like okay, activated. Have to start paying X amount monthly. Oh, had the um, pand- to the government. No, no, no. Had the pandemic nope. not happened, I would have had to start paying my loans back six months after I graduated. Uh, graduated from med school. Yeah. So if you didn't match and get a job, you're SOL. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So they don't wait until you're Mm-mm. done with residency. Mm-mm. They're like, no, mama, we want our money back. You now. can, you can like postpone them or whatever, but that's kind of a bad idea. Interesting. Well, yeah, because the loan is technically for school. Yeah. So oh. once you're done with school, mm-hmm. they're like, well, yep. you're done. Yeah. Because okay. they, they pretend that they're paying you in residency. I mean, they are. They are. Uh, don't get me wrong. You, you have she's, money to she's live. She's going to tell us the tea. <laughs> <laughs> tell us the tea on this. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Once once you're done with med school, got done with all the yeah. steps, you're in residency. I'm ready for the spicy if tea. You, if you owe money, you're paying the government back. Yeah. At one of, like, the major, yeah. I don't know, uh, uh, education. Whoever they saddle you with. Yeah. Wow. So, now, okay, you are um, finished step three. You're now doing mm, nope. what you... Step three is in residency. Oh. We've only done step two so far. <laughs> yeah. So now what we're at the, now we're at the part where you mentioned somewhat similar to what you did to try yep. to get into med school. You're yep. doing the same thing for residency. Yep. Applying to tons of programs. Mm-hmm. 
because now you've decided like, okay, I'm going to be a brain surgeon mm-hmm. or I'm going to be a family uh, medicine doctor as yourself. And so now I'm just applying to all of these yep. that are under the family medicine criteria, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this step's worse than the med school one. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. We, thought we, sorry we, we thought we were on the come up. No, it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> Only because the system is so broken. Uh, so the fundamental problem with graduate medical, medical education is the government continues to cut funds. Um, because the government decides, you know, they need to put it all to the military, et cetera. That's a talk for a different time. That's a different but, talk for a different day. Um, so there's, there's just not much funding for graduate medical education because that is still what will fund. So that's what funds medical school and that's what funds residency spots. So basically hospitals across the country, academic centers across the country, like partner with like the government to then give them this money to pay us to be residents. So that's how the system works um, mm-hmm. for then us to be underpaid labor. But um, oh, there yeah. still aren't really enough spots for all of even U.S. grads. So this system, this like overarching system is called like the match. So in your fall of like your last year, you're doing this application you apply to X amount of programs in the hope that you will quote unquote match into a spot in residency. So you're not guaranteed a job at the end of this process. You will get an MD degree, but you're not guaranteed a spot in the next step. What people do, so you can do some math and look at the odds and figure out, okay, if I apply to 50 programs, I should be able to get a spot based on whatever I'm going into. Some of them are more competitive than others. Like the surgical ones are very competitive. Basically, everything's competitive now, except for primary care or PEDS. And PEDS is only not competitive because they don't pay them very well. It's like the the long and the short of it. Um, Well, I actually heard from a TikTok that like there's not a lot of pediatricians in general in the United Mm -hmm. States because can't make money off children. Right, yeah. I mean, because a lot of pediatric care is preventative care, right? It's well child visits, which is so Mm -hmm. important (laughs) for Mm -hmm. health and for people, but like you don't get reimbursed for that as much as say like a surgery. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So that's in general, I guess maybe why they're not paid as well. It's garbage. It's all garbage, but yeah. So for preschool people, they don't care about the kids. <laughs> they don't. That's it's true. No, preschool kids, like they have like zero support. I, I don't even know. think that preschool teachers make anything. I also don't think that you need to even have a teaching anything to work for a preschool. Wow. I'm telling you that I'm asked to like be a teacher's aide when I have no teaching <laughs> experience no. at all. Ma'am, I don't want this. Man. Like, girl, like the <laughs> only thing they man. said is like, can you are you BLS certified? Uh, Let me yeah. tell you, I did that test in two hours. <laughs> Sing, I can sing that Girl, uh, Queen of Life song while <laughs> singing PR. Oh. <laughs> you know, you're uh, supposed to sing uh, the same. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I know, bitch. Oh, like, oh my gosh, it's so sad. Okay, so <clears throat> peds and family, it's like not as competitive. But yeah. if you're, if you want to be an, an uh, dermatologist, mm. NSD analogist, mm-hmm. bitch, you better work. Is what I'm. Well, doing. yeah. So like, you have to do a lot more theoretically, work. like in med school, to make yourself competitive, research, etc. And then, so the problem becomes. So we, again, pay to be a part of this application service called like the NRMP National Registry for, I don't know, matched persons. I don't know what it stands for. It's garbage. Um, Mm -hmm. They just make money off of us. Um, And Mm -hmm. so probably if you're like, you know, a rock star and like, you know, your odds are pretty good, I'd say 
probably the people that I knew that applied to the least amount of programs. Maybe it was like 25. But if you're applying to anything stressful, like high, like competitive, if you're doing it as a couple, so that's a thing, people will <gasps> apply as a couple, which to Leslie's point happens quite a lot because we are in this group of only us ever. And, you know, so then people get together. Um, then you apply to more probably. So I'd say the most programs my definitely my couples matching friends would apply to is like 180 um each wait so each yeah real quick quick. so you're applying as a couple that means that you're like there's like an application that says two for one or is it like kind of yeah the couples are applying to the same school yeah they apply to like the same like yeah system and then that lets that system know like oh that person also wants to be in the other program in this system and so basically it's kind of like you have to take us together kind of a thing so it's like stressful yeah it's like stressful in one instance because it's already like maybe going to be hard to get one person in but then how you get two in so yeah um but yeah you have to pay for it's like a set and i i wish i remembered and i think just the trauma i've just like just guess you know but I think the first, I want to say it's like the first 25 programs, maybe the first 50 is a set amount, but then each one you pay above that is like an, a set amount more than that. So it's like you pay to be part of this application service, you pay to apply, and then you pay to apply to enough programs to hopefully guarantee you a job, which you won't get. And then maybe, and then the next step is you have to then hopefully get interviews. So even if you apply to these programs, you're not guaranteed an interview. Um, before COVID, you would have to fly to these places that you got interviews then at. You would have to, you know, get hotel rooms, whatever, or like drive, what any of that. You are footing the bill on all of this. Um, now it's all virtual. So there's a little bit less cost there. You're not, you know, there's not the travel, but yeah. um, it's different. But yeah, so this whole thing is very expensive. And even at the end of it, Come March of your fourth year, when you finally get that email, get that letter that yes or no, you didn't match, like you're not guaranteed a spot. Wow. Mm. So you did all of this for a big question mark, essentially. Yeah. And honestly, like, sure, if, you know, you're going into something that's not as competitive and you're, you know, in somewhat good standing in your class, you'll, you'll probably match. It's just for me with anxiety mm-hmm. and then... So Mm -hmm. not everyone knows this, but early on in my medical education, I really thought like OBGYN was like where like my role was going to be. Like I I love like reproductive health. I love helping people make decisions about their bodies. Yes, exactly. So I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, That's what I want to do. You know, I did the rotation. I was like, yeah, delivering babies is chill. Okay, cool. Fine. I wasn't obsessed with it, but I was like, yeah, I like this. I like surgery. Um, it is of course competitive. So I was rather stressed about that. And, you know, um, I wasn't, you know, the top of my class. So like, that's more stressful. So I did in the end, what's called dual apply. So I applied to both Mm -hmm. OB programs and family medicine programs. Um, Mm -hmm. again, that's more programs, more money, more work, more interviews. So in the end, I interviewed at 20 programs because, uh, I didn't feel safe that I was gonna have a job. And yeah, yeah. So, wow. I'm I'm shook. Um, <laughs> another thing, Leslie was saying about dermatology and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I know all of that is extra schooling. Yeah, is that included in like part two in medical school? Or is that part three? No, in residency that's part where three. That extra training. Yeah. So yeah. So every like everything you go into has like kind of a set amount of time. So for me. 
I mean, family medicine, residency is three years. Um, you could then do more training, whatever, but it's three years. Um, for internal mm-hmm. medicine, it's three years. Peds is four. Oh, God, I'm going to get some of this wrong. Um, I think Durham is like four. Um, okay. Leslie's been talking about brain doctors. That's seven years. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, 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 so after eight years, yeah. you have to do seven years? Oh, yeah. hell no. That's 15 years? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't math that hard. And people are getting married during this process. Yeah. And people are having babies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I actually did not know that, Sarah. Mm. I just thought yeah. that it was a flat-out four for no. everything, but no. the coursework was probably just more intense for, mm-hmm. like, a brain doctor. Or, yeah. I don't know, someone just doing uh, um, cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. And I'm so still in shock. You did – you dual applied, mm-hmm. and that was because, and you touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was like there was anxiety. Let me, let me. I mean, let me just say, just hearing you, I'd be so anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, I can. Uh, like, there's no. no way you can't be a slightly mm-hmm. stressed or anxious going through this process, no matter how well supported you are or how good your mental health has mm-hmm. been this whole time. There's no way that there isn't some type of. I don't know, butterflies going on. Of course, and the fucking loan people are down your back. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> all right, bitch. They're like, hello. No, oh my God. Wow, okay. So you're, you're, you you in your case, you do apply, mm-hmm. but folks do do this, right? Like yeah. if they want to do something yeah, similar yeah. to you, they do apply, which you mentioned, more money, more interviews, more everything. Yep. And at the time that you were doing it, it was pre-pandemic, which mm-hmm. you were dropping everything, booking a flight, a hotel, you got to go in there. And then, I actually don't know a, a lot about this process, but when you interview, is it like a panel interview and you're interviewing with like, I don't know, uh, uh, the chief doctor, other residents, and then I don't know, the CEO of the hospital? Yeah. Or what's that? Interview yeah. Like? yeah. Yeah. So it's like mixed. So traditionally in the past, and honestly, I don't know if the system will ever go back to the way it was because they've saved a lot of money. But in the past, the way it was structured, typically, like the night before your interview, you would go to like a dinner with the residents. It, it should just oh. be residents. Um, so that way you can get to know them, just kind of ask about the program, just like vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And the next day would be any number of like different types of interviews. Sometimes you'd have one-on-ones with different faculty. Sure. Maybe like the chief of the department, maybe some more resident interviews surgery ones sometimes they do some technical stuff like on a couple of my ob ones they would take us to like an or and you'd have to like do your knot tying or like whatever i don't know um and yeah and wait then, so your interview is not like a I'm, we're gonna sit in this room it's like a job shadow ish yeah sometimes right? yeah and i would say most of it's probably less skill oriented but yeah i and i had friends who went into surgery and they're like yeah they you know they timed uh, how many knots I could tie in like a minute or whatever, you know? It's <laughs> imagine you're getting surgery. <laughs> so imagine, imagine, imagine you're dying. And you're like, okay, we, we're getting this person to tie knots. Also, oh, I'm, I'm paid labor. Yeah. Am I right? Um, no, I'm paid labor. no. What you said about for them, it's cheap labor. Yeah. I didn't even think of it like that, and it's true. Like mm-hmm. you'd benefit as a hospital to have these, mm-hmm. but I mean, also you do have to take some time away from whatever you're doing to train these people. Yeah, they so. have to be like shadowed. I think yeah, and she'll so. touch more on it, but mm-hmm. okay, so. In your case, okay, did they at least pay for your dinner? Mm, yeah, so, yeah. Usually, the thank uh, why, am I, why am I like wondering? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thank like, no. the Lord, I was you're going to scare all of us. I imagine they're you. like, um, it's split five ways. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So then, interview, yada yada yada, and then when that happens, you're still in med school, waiting to to match and all of that. 
when do you know, like, when do you know if you got selected after you went to these 20 interviews and something that I want to know on a scale of one to 10, how bad is it if you don't match? Like you went to all these 20, 30 interviews, like how bad on a scale of one to 10 is it if you don't match? Yeah. Um, okay. So first part, so typically, and even now the interviews are mostly virtual, uh, mm-hmm. you like kind of submit your application in like September, you maybe get interviews in like October and you're interviewing in the fall. Some programs, you know, still interview into like January, February time, uh, mid February ish, you like submit, you know, you, 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 so it's, it's kind of at this point. So you have a list of your programs, like one to 50 or whatever. These programs have their list of one to 50 residents and like the quote unquote match is there's an algorithm that puts those together and theoretically puts people at the program they want and the programs with the residents they want. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust the system. I have trust issues. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works. But mm-hmm. so then in March, it, there's like a quote unquote match week. So that Monday of match week, you get now an email that says you matched or you didn't. Um, and then if you do match, then that Friday, you get an email or like a letter that says where you're now going to speak to not matching. Um, one to 10. I don't know. It's different for everybody. I honestly, and you know, my heart was set on OB, but I was like, I I would be happy as a family doctor. Like I could still do a lot of things I want to do, but like, um, not matching would have been worse than any of it to me. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm. I have to have a job. I have to get my loans back. Like I can't, you know, I was, again, I was like, I don't want like this point, my family, like blah, 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 all things mm-hmm. that like are not true. And in the end, when people don't match, like, um, you know, people get through and it's not the end of the world, but I will say I, I can't hundred percent, hundred percent speak to what that feels like. Cause it didn't happen to me, but okay. I did have friends who that has happened to, And it's like, it's a really stressful process. So there is like a caveat. If you don't match that Monday, there is a separate process that happens that week called the SOAP. I forget again what those acronyms stand for. But that's a process where if there are programs that didn't get enough residents, they can then pick from these residents that didn't get picked. So it's kind of like, you know, the the kids who didn't get picked for the team, the team who didn't get enough, you know, kids, um, kind of like trying to put those people together the best as possible. They're the Ravenclaws. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. I heard that. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys are great Potter people, but that's okay. what I heard. Uh, wow. And I have a question. So yeah. you're saying that you OB, mm-hmm. what's that? That's um, like OBGYN. They deliver babies and do surgery. Okay. And stuff, yeah. so, so you said you either wanted to be OBGYN or mm-hmm. family doctor, but then mm-hmm. that had to do with your residency. Mm-hmm. I thought your residency is like you're applying for a hospital that you like because of mm. pay, uh, experience, uh, teachers, mentors, whatever, mm-hmm. or are you applying for residency to specialize or to kind of like do your career? Like, yes. like when that I'm one. choosing residency, am I choosing a Durham residency? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So basically like these programs that you apply to, they are affiliated with a certain hospital system or a certain clinic or whatever, but ultimately what you were, it's basically like an apprenticeship, right? It's like, we already have our degree, but you know, we do need a little bit more training, a little bit more Mm handholding to learn our craft now. So like, that's Mm -hmm. what I've been doing for three years is really honing Mm -hmm. in and specializing the craft that I'm doing. Then this so process happens. Hopefully most people then get a job, but ultimately at Mm -hmm. the end of that, like there are still people who don't match at that point, you can, apply again a fair amount of people will do like a transitional year where 
Maybe they do research for a while, try to beef up their application and apply again in the fall. The odds of matching again are not great, but it does happen. Um, you know, it's not impossible. And I've, I've seen it done. I've seen it happen. I've seen people, you know, match into a separate specialty that had a spot, you know, do that for a year and then try again. It's not unheard mm-hmm. of. Spots do open up. Um, it's just yet again, another kind of tough road to go down. Do you think that's helpful? Like for, for like the medical field in general, that someone who hasn't matched like for their third time really shouldn't be a doctor then if they're not, does that mean they're not qualified or do you <laughs> think that's something that, I don't know. Cause yeah. obviously we know that doctors exist, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, getting yeah, in the first yeah. time doesn't mean that you're a good doctor, but yeah. do you personally think that that's fair? I mean, I, as an outsider, would probably think maybe because if they failed three times, I don't want them fucking working on my kidney. Mm, Yeah. Right. But even what she said, she's like, government funding has been cut for a lot of these hospitals that accept residents. So you mentioned, Sarah, that a lot of the some funding for these hospitals of who they can select has been cut like consistently. And that's coming from the government. Right. So if maybe this is how I'm kind of seeing it. So maybe five years ago your program accepted, I don't know, 25. That might be a lot. Maybe maybe this year they're only accepting 12 because of fund, a government funding because the government is paying their salary mm. as residents. So is it more of an institutional problem or like Jay, is it is like, damn, like you can't keep getting in. Like you're not doing enough research. Like mm-hmm. your scores weren't good. You're not like, good. Mama, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's not it. I'm going to be that really annoying person and really just hedge and be like, it super depends. Like, I think if, uh, like, if they're a great applicant and like, it's really just an institutional problem, sure, keep trying. There are some people who genuinely aren't very well suited to this career. And I'll be honest, in the last three years, I have questioned that every day. (laughs) But Mm. I think it's fair to allow people to continue their shot. I, as time goes on you apply again and again less programs are going to even interview you so to your question jay if they're maybe not well suited to this career they're probably just not going to receive any more opportunities to try to continue to do it which would be very disheartening i think you'd have to be pretty have a lack of awareness in yourself to not realize Mm. time after time that like this isn't happening like why um, if there aren't other reasons, like sometimes there's, there's X, Y, and Z reasons. Fine. Keep trying again. It's just, you're putting more money into the system. Um, I, yeah, I do think genuinely there are rare cases where it's like, yeah, that person should not be a doctor. Please stop trying. They need but to, it happens. Like, you're right. It does. It does okay. happen. The yeah. system's not perfect. Um, okay. So you saying that you, you saying that like, it's like, it depends and it, because everything's a case by case, mm. I think with this. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone didn't match. It happens, mm-hmm. right? For that year, you said they do something transitional like research. Mm-hmm. Can they like, I don't know, work? Can they work? As like a medical yeah. person? Like, like at you, a nonprofit? Yeah. Something? yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think you can do medical work. I think there are very few mm. places who would hire an MD who's not gone through a residency. If then now we get to the point where we talk about residency, there are people who don't make it through a residency program. And so then are MDs, but then they're not quote unquote board certified in their residency specialty. And some of those people can get jobs 
kind of as doctors. I'll be honest, I'm really hoping I'm board certified when I take my exam in two weeks. So I, I haven't really explored those opportunities yet, but mm. they exist. That's our girl. She's going to go get them. <laughs> yeah. My last question about residency mm-hmm. is what influences your decision to apply for these? You said you applied for 120? No, the, the couple did. That couple applied yeah. for 180. 80, but yeah. you said that that the schools have 120 they want. What would you say? You said something about the matching. You said, um, didn't you? <laughs> like you said something about like, you don't trust the algorithm. Oh, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like there's this whole system called the NRMP. I, and Dr. Glock Holmesleckin has some good videos about this where he's like, you know, throwing shade at these like, you know, probably wealthy like admin people who are just like, you know, feeding off of us and our pain. But it's like, mm-hmm. This system, like, number one, we shouldn't have to pay for any of this, right? Like, this is garbage. Who are, who are we paying? Who Girl. are we paying? Girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But of like, course, especially a profession like this. Yeah. And it's like, that we need doctors. We're supposed to trust this quote-unquote algorithm that puts us with the program we're best, best suited to and vice versa. Like, and I just, again, I have trust issues. I just, like, don't trust that that's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. they're they're judging that, or you're saying this is where I fit best. You do. Gonna... You quote unquote okay. have a say. Oh yeah, this is where the twenty thing came in. So like, however many programs you interview at, if you can truly see yourself being at that program, you can then put it in a rank list. So like February time of your last year, you you know do some soul searching. You're like. I want a job, so I'm going to rank all these programs I went to, even if this one seemed, like, not great. Um, So for other people, maybe who did on lots of interviews and they're very competitive, maybe they only rank some of the programs they go to. Like, maybe they interview at 20 and they only rank 12. So you say from 1 to 12, you know, 1 being the highest, that's where I really want to go, you know, and then so do the programs. So... Okay. Now being on the other side of it, you have like these meetings. It's like all the people who interview them, the residents, you have these meetings where you're like, okay, like, do we think they'd be a good fit here? Do we think they'd be happy here? Would we like to work with them? Did we vibe? And again, it's really garbage. And you come up with this list one to however many. Um, and it feels terrible because <laughs> you're like, all these people are good people, you know, plus or minus yeah. a few that you're like, mm, just didn't vibe with. But yeah, you're saying, nope, I, I don't want you as much as that other person. Oh, wow. what? Mm-hmm. What a excruciating exactly. process. Like, I'm already, like, very sad for the amount of ghosting that my job applications oh, give me. I can only no. imagine a residency. Like, that's... Yeah. That's your life. That's your life. That's, that's what you... That was uh, after eight years, maybe ten years of your mm-hmm. life. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And you know what the crazy thing? It's like, we're not even done. <laughs> it's like yeah. now you're in I mean residence. if you're a brain surgeon but you're not even halfway done bitch uh, <laughs> so uh, congratulations uh, Sarah Match everyone Match so and now you're a fam doc you're, mm-hmm. you're in residency yeah and you're in a, you're in a family practice residency mm-hmm. this is your third year and what is residency like? So now you're making lots of money, doing the thing, getting hands-on experience, and you're ready. You're ready to go. Mm. Is it is it school 2.0? No. Like, is it is it just another, like, do you take any tests now? Yeah. You study? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's now, so residency now more resembles a job. And to be fair, I went straight from undergrad to med school. So I never, like, had a real person job. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. I did things here and there, but like, I'm not like y'all. I wasn't out, you know, in the, in, in the fray, you know, doing, doing what I could. But, you were in the fields. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't really speak to that, but it, it, it's more of like a, it's not nine to five because it's like eight hours a week, but um yes so you like go and do whatever you know your clinic or you're in the hospital caring for patients or for surgeons or doing surgeries like whatever um and then at the end of the day yeah you're supposed to be like still learning and reading and preparing and studying so each program so so now actually yes step three happens now so usually after Mm -hmm. maybe mid-intern year like your first year mid to the end of your first year you'll now take step three which is the final of that set of exams that then that exam, if you pass it, which again, most people do, but you can retake it. um, That then allows you to apply for a medical license. So you have your MD degree, but you are not a licensed medical provider. So you have to pass this exam to then get your medical license. And so whatever state you're in, you will get your medical license in that state. If you move, you have to get to fly elsewhere. Um, so now maybe you have a medical license, but you are still not quote unquote board certified in whatever you're doing. So for me, Jesus Christ, now in my third year, Ooh. in a couple weeks, I will take my final board exam to then, uh, well, for now until 10 years from now, but <laughs> to <laughs> be board certified in family medicine. Other people, they take their boards exams in surgery or OB or peds or whatever. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. we all have to then do that for the final final thing that says, yes, you can do this. And then if you graduate from your residency program, you, someone will sign a piece of paper that says you can be a doctor by yourself and do things and hopefully not kill people. <laughs> Go. Yeah. May the may the force mm-hmm. spin. May the odds spin. If, okay. So, <laughs> so this board certified exam is a big deal. Yes. Because it kind of like seals like... She's ready. Give her her money. Let her heal. <laughs> let her live, and let her just do what she wants. Yeah. Can you still be a doctor after your residency and not be board certified? Can you still go get a job? Because most people I get don't you have. So. That's the that's the goal, right? Yeah. Like you must get board certified. And I think because if not, so so there's two pieces. Then so it's like you have to be board certified, and then you do have to graduate from an accredited residency program. So. If it happens, and I, I've seen this happen, where there's somebody in residency who's struggling and just can't quite do the job for X, Y, and Z reasons, you may, quote unquote, get fired or you know be asked to leave your residency program. So then, oh gosh, I think those people can take the board exams. So they might be board certified, but then they wouldn't mm-hmm. have graduated from an accredited residency program. So I do know from that one person that I know who had to go down that path that they didn't, they did get a job in medicine, like doing some sort of job, but mm-hmm. like it's, it's different and it's harder to find those jobs because people want people who are board certified and who have graduated from a residency program. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, I, I just Googled it. I was like, does, do you have, do you have to be board certified to be a doctor? And they said, no, they're, they're like, they have to be licensed. Yeah. But technically you don't have to have a board certification. It just shows that. Yeah you're like probably the same for a lawyer right yeah well well that's the thing that i was gonna gonna say because it's like board certified the way that you're describing it the way that i've heard of it from other from other folks and the way that i read it's like that's really just the seal Mm -hmm. like it's like she Mm -hmm. she did the thing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they can be trusted 
However, if you don't, then it's like you still got the MD, you still did some of the residency, and it's like kind of could do it. Yeah. So maybe some clinics and hospitals, maybe if they're underfunded or yeah. there's a need, may hire you. Mm-hmm. But there's a bigger liability for malpractice, I think. Really? Yeah. Li- and I, I also don't think they can pay you the same. But who knows? Because the same thing with like Galore, it's like you have to pass the bar mm-hmm. to practice mm-hmm. law. But then you have lawyers that just for some reason don't. Well, Kim, she did the mini bar. Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, she's, she's not even, she didn't yeah. go to law school. I, yeah, I think it like differentiates between practices because I did look into the bar because mm. I was like, what if I, <laughs> no, I said, I said, what if I go do law school in Mexico Ooh. and then want to practice yeah. here? Mm-hmm. And all work? I need to do is just, that I just need to pass the bar. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't need to do anything over mm-hmm. here. I just mm-hmm. need to go pass the bar. Okay, so the the, the the final really like dinkity dinky dink mm-hmm. step is board certification. Once you pass that, it's like you're done. You're done with residency at you're, that point. It's over. Well, so so it's different for everybody. So in family medicine, typically we all take our boards like the April before we graduate in June. Not every specialty does it that way. Like internal medicine, they graduate from their residency program and then maybe that fall they'll take their boards exam. Like I think, Mm -hmm. um, Leslie, I think Carly will probably take her boards like after she graduates this this summer. Um, Mm -hmm. So honestly, it's it's interesting. It's like you'll apply for jobs as those people and they'll just like kind of assume you'll be board certified. And for me, I was, they were like, oh, like, you basically say you're board eligible and then they'd be like, okay, like when okay. are you taking it? I'd be like, Oh, April. And, they, and they're like, Oh, chill. Like hopefully you pass. <laughs> yeah. Now once you're board certified, mm-hmm. it's like, and you, and you did your residency, mm-hmm. which I hope people were able to catch on, but like your residency may not even be where you went to med school. It could be oh, across no. the country. Oh yeah. Most, so at this point you're mm, a whole different I should have looked up the stats, but <laughs> a fair amount of people stay in the same state, but a, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially if you want to do a certain specialty, you got to move across the country and you don't find that yeah. up until mid-March and then you start in yeah. July. Wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That makes me sick. And, and now mm-hmm. that you're like, you get board certified and all of that. Now, you're looking for a job yes. or now you can find a job yeah. and that can be anywhere right mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be or your can your residency offer you a job yeah yeah, yeah you can stay oh. you can stay at your residency program if you want okay if they want you and okay. if they have a spot <laughs> okay and is this is this process for finding a job is it less stressful than everything <laughs> <laughs> or is it still the same like shit 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 I think overall it's better. I think it depends what specialty you're in. So we probably shouldn't forget to mention. So after residency, there is something called a fellowship. So that oh, that's right. Yes. Girl, yes. you're right. I'm telling what you, is going never, on? I'm not doing it, but it's not ending. It's never over. Oh never. my god. Never. Don't ever forget it. Um, yes, you're right. Yeah. Fellowship. Fellowship. And I did actually want you to touch on that. And why do people do that? Yeah, I why wanna... <laughs> are they disgusting? Why are they? Why are yeah. they insane? One of my coworkers did a fellowship, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was extra job training. It is. Yeah. Though, right. Yeah. 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 I thought it was like a camp. It really does. I mean, yeah. a fellowship. I mean, it sounds like a retreat. Yeah. It, it sounds nice. Like, you know, the, the fellowship, <laughs> the rings or whatever, just like dance in a circle with your hobbit buddies. But, yeah. no. So it, it can be anywhere from like a year to three, four, five more years. I don't know. Um, it depends. So, 
I'd say the best example is, so primary care is family medicine and internal medicine, right? And so in internal medicine, the way to become a specialist in one of the body systems is to do a fellowship. So that we're talking cards, like the heart, we're talking pulmonology, which is like the lungs, nephrology, which is the kidneys, neurology, which is the brain, all that good stuff. You have to then do more training to be that specialist person. So why do they do it? Um, I think, I guess you have to say they really like that work. They really like that, mm-hmm. that body system. They really like that type of medicine. I think another thing is that people take into consideration is you may or may not get compensated more for your extra mm-hmm. training and knowledge. And, or maybe if you're doing more invasive procedures, such as like an interventional cardiologist. Um, wow. so, so you're not doing it for fun. No, you're doing it no. Your resume and your pay gets pushed up. <laughs> no, There's it's no not fun. fun. You're, you're not like I really like the spine. I think I'm gonna do a fellowship more on that. Okay. I mean, it, some people, all... some people are like that, but I don't, I don't know. I think okay. they're a little bit masochists, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like school. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they like okay. learning, and genuinely, some people like really do, and some people will do multiple fellowships. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. So after your fellowship, oh, you're like, I'm gonna specialize, specialize, one. specialize. Yeah. Or like, wow. if you do a fellowship, okay. some of them do require like another kind of fellowship. So like, for the example, Bitch, so you're not practicing medicine until you're like 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going yeah. on? That's yeah. crazy. And then the joke is, wow. and then you practice until you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So that's hell yeah. yeah. Retire who? Why not? Um, okay, so not everyone does it. It just depends if it's available to you, if it would be worth Mm -hmm. doing it, or if like there's more compensation, which includes paying for those applications and includes maybe you don't stay where you're doing your residency. Maybe you also have to move again. Yep. Insane. I know a very special person, very, very close to my heart, Noria, who's doing a fellowship. And I said, Noria, are you okay? Noria, mama. I know she's not. I know. I know she's not. And I said, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman, the, 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 the the power, the intelligence, Mm -hmm. the, the attitude. I mean, yeah, yeah. she's she's for the good white people. We love Anoria. Okay. But in your case, you're not doing a fellowship. Yeah. You said, give me my fucking money. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, I'm about to pass this fucking test mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave you in the dust. Yeah. In your case, um, and you don't have to share this. Oh, are yeah. you wanting to, are you, are you wanting to stay in Milwaukee or you're just, I'm going anywhere? Yeah. So I think for everybody, it's kind of like, you know, it's a personal decision. It's like, where's my family? What are my values? Mm. Where are my people? What do I want out of life? Um, for a lot of my, for a lot of my cohort, it's, you know, they have just started having kids or they're starting to think about kids. And in this country, we do not value women or children. We don't pay for childcare. So, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, I gotta be, I'm going to need to be near my family for childcare purposes. And, you know, like, I mean, whatever, but that's a very real consideration a lot of people make. Um, and a part of why it's really hard for, for families who like maybe one of the parents does a fellowship and then they have to move again away from their family. Yada, yada. But for me, no, um, my poor parents, <laughs> they're, they're happy if they see me ever again. I think I no, Aww. I was just like, I want to try something different, go to a different place, but also continue to get more training in a different way. So uh-huh. um, I'm really passionate about gender affirming care. 
Um, and like, yes, she is. Yeah. yes, she is. Yes, she is. For the people, by the people. Yeah. Um, God, if only we could have gone into that. That's no, really I know. cool. That's, we'll have you on. We'll have you on again because that's <laughs> very that's fun. really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yes, as well as like reproductive health, abortion care, you know, HIV medicine, all that good stuff, and all of that is a little bit more. Um, maybe not all programs um, teach you that. My program, a- another thing I'm passionate about is like medication-assisted tri- treatment for like addiction Absolutely. disorder. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And thankfully my mm-hmm. program, we have a faculty who's like very well-versed in it. And so I've gotten a lot of that training, but I was like, at the next step, I want continued mentorship. I want continued training in a lot of these areas that I'm passionate about. And so, yeah, the job that I signed on for, um, it's also at a federally qualified health center. So uh, at QHC. Yeah. 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 I'd be knowing. Yeah. She, she, talk, HRSA, she talks to Carly funding, and Noria every day. So. government funding. Yeah. 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 So maybe, well, maybe Leslie can explain to, to the people more of what that is. But yeah, so basically that just means the government kind of funds these clinics. And typically that means they're targeted towards populations that are historically marginalized or, you know, ignored by the medical system in our country. And so the thought is, you know, that if, if we really, you know, consolidate resources and work with these populations, then hopefully, you know, we can we can help improve, you know, their lives um, in partnership with them. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm going. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next step. But to your to your question, Leslie, I will say finally, <laughs> uh, residency gets better for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Um, residency is okay. really hard. I won't I won't um, you know, kind of downplay that. Um, but it's hard for a reason, right? Like this is a hard job. We, we make life or death decisions. We are responsible for people's lives. Uh, some of us are responsible for two people's lives at once. Um, it's, it's a lot. And I think, um, in conjunction with the hours we work and sometimes the lack of support we have in that process, it's hard. It is, um, but it's way better than med school. I will, I will say that to any of the the poor people on their journey listening, it it does get better. And then definitely for primary care, our country like just doesn't have enough primary care. And honestly, I think a fair amount of people do lump peds into that because they're a part of primary care too. They're just like specialized primary mm-hmm. care. So into that vein, you can probably get a job. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And at that point, it's so weird. And going through this process, it was like deja vu. It was like whiplash. I was like, what's happening? Like, these people <laughs> want you for the first time ever. I wasn't yeah. begging people to talk to me, begging people to see my worth that I had been, you know, subjected to thinking didn't exist anymore based on this system. You know, like these people being like, wow, you're amazing. I was like, are, are you sure? Like, are you sure you're not looking at somebody else's application? Like, you know, it's just, it was wild. So to anyone listening, it does get better. It's very cliche, but yeah. And I, I you know, you have to have hope it's going to get better or we, we wouldn't be yeah. able to continue in this system. And so that's why I'm still in it. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how long it lasts, you know, um, but all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to follow up yeah. because that's very interesting work that I don't think anyone has ever talked about. Yeah. And please, I hope, I hope we get to talk, um, yeah. you know, hopefully like a year into your journey, see how that's going. Uh-huh. Um, this whole episode has been very, I feel overwhelming for me. I'm so I'm, opening, <laughs> I'm, but also overwhelming. So Aww. how anyone listening, that is con- contemplating it how how would you um how how'd you get through it like that's like the mm-hmm. real question how did you get through all of that stuff because it's like 
it seems like a lot. Like, I don't know. And it seems like you're constantly not being told that you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But you in are, some though. ways you are being you told. You are. <laughs> Every step of the way. So, <laughs> so, and then you talked about, you know, the suicide being so high mm-hmm. in residents and all that stuff. Yeah. What helped you mm-hmm. get through all of that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the what, like, million dollar question, right? It's like, how do we support people who this is their, their, you know, their life's work and their pursuit and their journey? Um, how do we pursue them being healthy and making good decisions and making sure that every step of the way, it's still the right decision for them? Because I think, again, as I spoke to it, a lot of us at certain points feel trapped in the system because of the amount of debt we have. And I think that factors into a lot of people's um, issues with mental health at the time. But um, I would have to say I'm, I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed again, very, very, very cringe, but no, my family's amazing. And I think the work ethic that my parents modeled for me was, I just, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, they got up and went up to work all, you know, my whole life. And this is, you yeah. know, payback for them. I'm doing this as much for myself because it's what I want to do, but also hopefully, someday I'll be compensated and be able to pay that back. Right. Hopefully I'll be able to pay it forward for my family, for my community, things like that. So I think existentially all of that kept me going, but on the day to day, um, like what kept me going, you know, cause I wasn't always near my family was again, like I talked about just like my then chosen family in these, every step of the way, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. undergrad med school now in residency like my my class of the eight of us like they're my ride or dies like I maybe I shouldn't say this like but I would I would do anything for them you know you know what I mean Mm, but and I think I've been I don't know if it's luck or chance or maybe like Odin is staring down at me and like it's just like you know I don't I don't know I was just really fortunate that I was placed in places and times with people who really supported me and lifted me up. And I just, I can't say enough how important that is, but also then if I think about how do I ensure that then, you know, other people get that experience. I, I don't really know how that, you know, cause again, it just, it felt like chance really. And I'm mm-hmm. not like, I'm, I'm a cancer. I'm a crab. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the, <laughs> the kindest, most, um, welcoming I'm an introvert you know and it's just like so how did I even find people I don't know like that's what I ask my friends every day but um I think part of the answer is again I think I've spoken to this we really need to support people through this process so I think whether it's advisors in undergrad whether it's um you know kind of these extra support people in at the medical level or even in residency like the faculty you work with i think if you're going to work with learners if you're going to work with students you're going to work with residents any like you need to be in that because you care and mm-hmm. this system uh burnout's a huge issue uh it's definitely a part mm-hmm. of the mental health issues the suicide rates um and i think i've seen a fair amount of people that I can just tell our burnout and their hearts just like, they really want to, but they just, they can't give anymore. And I think if you're going to be in education and kind of to your point, Jay, like you, your heart really has to be in it. And like, if, if you yourself aren't doing well, like you need to really ask those questions and be like, can I really support these people? Like for me, we work with medical students in clinic and some days (laughs) the burnout's high and I'm doing the best I can to show up for my patients. And then, 
you know, uh, you know, the, the clinic manager or whatever was like, Oh yeah, you're gonna have a medical student today. And I really have to pause and take a deep breath and be like, you know what? Like, yes, like I, I, I can draw some extra strength, some extra energy and give what I can to them today too, because, mm-hmm. you know, they matter so much. And like, so I think for me, it's trying to be there for the other people who are at that step of the way and try to just like check myself. Cause I, yeah, I have a fair amount of burnout. I'm a little jaded by the system as anyone can tell. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think honestly, it's really refreshing working with learners cause they're still like really excited and they have a lot of hope and they don't know what's to yeah. come. And honestly, probably for the best because had I known what mm-hmm. I do again, I don't know. Yes. Yes, of course. But you know, it, there's, mm-hmm. you know, issues, but um, at the end of the day, it's just like really supporting the people that are in it because boy, it is rough. And hopefully yeah. if we can advocate for some more systemic support, like I will say specifically, cause I feel like I've been talking in circles, but specifically my medical school, they, and this is probably one of the best things that they did for me. They, or any of our students is they allowed for like unlimited counseling sessions. And so there were wow. points in my medical Amazing. like hey. journey and I was in the system for five years, right? Not just the four, because I did a master's, uh, which is a two years program, but I did it one year, because um, that's just how it works, I guess. Um, and so I did it for five years. And there were there were periods of time where I went to counseling once a week, you know, and it's like, that was for me. And we all know mental health, again, there's a shortage, mm-hmm. it's, it's really expensive for people. It's really inaccessible. But for me, like, that mm-hmm. was so huge. Um, and so I think it's, it's wow, things like yeah. that. It's, Honestly, it comes down to dollars of investment and then time, investment of time in people. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really like that you said with the whole, like, uh, like, oh, you're, you have a student mm-hmm. today or whatever shadowing mm-hmm. you and you're like, I have to like muster yeah. up like this thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know about Leslie, but like for me, I'm very not easily motivated. Yeah. And I have to very much pull from somewhere that doesn't exist. Yep. I have to pull from like a reservoir that is already empty to yeah. get myself to do things. Yeah. And I kind of feel like sometimes that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you're just not the type that wakes up. It's like, I'm going to do this today. I feel like part of you has to find some something somewhere that doesn't exist and create it to to move on. I don't know if that's the same for you. Cause Leslie wakes up at like two in the morning. Starts doing her routine. So, and literally even on the weekend, she doesn't sit down. So Aww. like, is that the same for you or you just easily? Oh get no. Up? I am the daughter. Do- yeah. No, I am the daughter of a Mexican mother. So oh, I think yeah, you're already taught to wake up. Yeah. yeah. No, I think <laughs> I love that you, you said that Sarah too, because I think it just um, points out part of like your ethos and also the way that you've been able to handle this and also the fact that you're going into an FQHC and the the work that you're specifically interested in reproductive right uh reproductive health and then gender forming um hormone therapy and 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 procedures and all of that which right now is 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 really is a a hot topic Mm -hmm. so I think that's just kind of goes to show and she's she's alluded to this quite a bit and touched on it on just like the um the familial support mm-hmm. and so i think that if you like don't have that oh but it's God. like you have to uh, you have to pull from this like this unknown crevice somewhere mm-hmm. it's really i think the way that you maybe see the world or something because it's like you're gonna either owe it to yourself you have someone that you know 
is asking you for support. And so I think for me, it's like I pull from all those. And for me, it's just just a mentality of like, I know it needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And I just I have to because I also know it's like, yeah, for these students that are so excited, like Sarah said, it's like, they still kind of have that glimmer of hope, their eyes sparkle, they haven't been too jaded yet by the system or too uh, discouraged by the way that life works. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? I'm I'm no one to take that from them. Exactly. It's like they're going to have oh, yeah. to learn it on their own. Mm-hmm. And so my experience can't melt into theirs. And so I'm going to try my very best to just say, you know, I'm going to try to guide you or tell you something that I didn't know that I wish I knew yeah. because then I would have had maybe an awareness. And so I think that all of us, as we experience life, you know, mm-hmm. and learn and, 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 and and cry and hurt and do all of these things we're kind of able to to just be able to say like well this is important because of this or i just i have to for sure you know and we're i think we're all privileged in this conversation that we have a family that right we're kind of like working for right Mm -hmm. we're we're all working towards something to benefit our family in the end right Mm -hmm. and i think that within itself is such a big privilege and i think for anyone who doesn't have that not to quote Sarah Bareilles, because I haven't in a long time. <laughs> I love Sarah Bareilles, but she has a song where it's just like, you know, about like what it feels like to have the world pulled out from under you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she says in the song is, you know, when there's nothing to hold on to, just find that next thing mm-hmm. to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how life is, right? Like yeah. there's always going to be things changing, but as long as you find something else to grab onto, that will help you push yourself to the next level. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to find that, Somewhere that doesn't exist, right? Yeah. No, 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 you have to. I remember my mom one time, she's like, I lit. you have to, she's like, sometimes I have to pull strength from like literally the, like the earth, like the dirt. She's like, I've just been so tired. She's like, but you guys were little and I had to find that energy that was unbeknownst to me. Like I didn't have it. So I think when you have some of these things, like you just, you, you do have to look for the next thing or you do have to have that. It's like, I have to, it's those little things. Like I have to, but, um, Listen, I think it's incredible, Sarah, the way that you have just educated us, led us into your world. <laughs> I did not know about a lot of this stuff. I knew some of it, mm-hmm. um, but I actually didn't know about just really a lot of like the logistical things. And I think it's insane. I think it's probably different now, too, in many yeah. ways, um, which is so crazy to think about, but I'm sure you don't think about it. Hopefully not, because that's way behind you. You are so ahead now. Yeah. Um, and so happy for you that you're really wrapping up this big, big, big chapter of your life. And now you hopefully feel a sense of relief, really uh, peace, and that you can really start doing really cool work. And I specifically think it's so, so cool that you're going into an FQHC. And I think by doing that, you're already giving back to your community and making a lot of people proud. I know your family is super proud of you. And I think you will always have people cheering for you. Incredible work. Amazing. (laughs) Show-stopping. Can't be stopped. Brilliant. Intelligent. (laughs) Love that, Leslie. That was the highest praise I can have. Jay, if you don't know, I'm a huge little monster. So, like, honestly, oh the, the first part, yeah, it's very kind of you. But, yeah, just, just <laughs> quoting my But then mother. you quoted Lady Gaga, and then I was like, <laughs> girl. Well, I hope I hope you're ready for Joker, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a musical. She's in it. She's she's in New York singing her singing oh, her little head off. Uh, if you think I wasn't glued to Twitter for like the last three weeks analyzing every little photo, oh my god, I'm so yes. I'm, it's so good. I'm worried like, about oh, her, of course, god. as she is a method actress, yeah. but I think she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, she gets really into like those yeah. characters. Yeah, and stuff, so. I expect nothing less yeah. of Lena. She, she, she <laughs> gives her heart and soul, and I only hope she knows how much we love her. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Well, Sarah, this has been absolutely eye-opening. I am glad that we got to talk. Um, our paths yeah. never cross. Hopefully, one day they will. Come, come that... to New York. I mean, Leslie, or we could do like I don't know. We've been thinking about like a Central America, maybe like a Mexico we trip. Have... We yeah, we should all, Mexico all trip. do it. I've. I'm down. Okay. If, I'm fully, if I get the invitation, I'll go. Okay. I don't know. I never, I never get the invitation, so I don't. I don't uh, know. Me either. But, <laughs> so we'll just go by ourselves and be like, Sorry. yeah, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Send pictures to them. So to wrap everything up, what tips do you have for anyone listening that want to follow this Dr. Root? Yikes. Um. <laughs> Yikes. I think it, it depends on where you're at in life. If you're like, you know young and you're in high school and you're like trying to you know you're doing your career development classes or whatever and you're like "Hmm, maybe the overarching science medicine field is it like just make sure that you explore all the avenues because like I never even knew really like I knew PAs existed like I didn't really know what that was about and you know I just think there's there's lots of things you can do within the field where if you go into it you know because you want to help people there's so many things you can do and it's like I think some Mm. people you know, it's like our society holds up doctors on this pedestal and that's um, flawed and, and a talk for another day. But mm-hmm. um, gosh, they, they tell you to shadow doctors. And even if you do that, you know, you don't get a super sense of what they do. But I think it's just like try to do your your due diligence and your homework. And again, like if you're from a community where you don't have that, you don't have access to that, hopefully maybe like counselor in your school can get you connected with it. And I guess taking everything with a grain of salt, because like there are advisors, and I didn't really talk about this, but it's kind of a theme in undergrad that will deter people from going into medicine, um, mostly because it doesn't look good to colleges if like they don't matriculate either. But mm-hmm. I think, and I, I remembered hearing that a lot from people in undergrad, and it happened to me, you know, and it's like, just because the journey may be more difficult and it might be harder. But again, that's the system, right? The system just doesn't yeah. support people who aren't the majority in doing these things. But as we've discussed, it's so important that people from you know these communities also get um, into the system. So I think ultimately you, you have to be pretty tough. You have to like understand that it's going to be a really long journey and that there will be things you have to sacrifice for. But ultimately, like if in your heart of hearts, that is what you want to do, then then go for it. Cause it is a very rewarding career. I mean, as burnout as I am, you know, I still, I still have patients that tell me, you know, such nice things. It's such a special thing that we do. I mean, there's a reason it's really hard to do because again, it's a really high risk career, but also we are in such a position where people are their most vulnerable with us. And like, and I think that's something sometimes we forget a lot because our, our lives are so busy and, you know, we have a mountain of work at all times, but I think truly like, it is such a privileged position to be in. And I, I don't take that lightly. I don't ever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, patients tell you things, you know, that they've never told anyone else. And yeah. It, yeah, it's a lot. And so I think ultimately the advice is if you think that this is the path for you, um, no, it's going to be hard, but it will be worth it. And it is, 
I think we do all have to be humble every step of the way. Cause it's even, you know, love you, Leslie, for, for bigging me up, but you know, even, <laughs> even at this step of the way, it's like nothing's guaranteed and you know, it's still ultimately patients who are trusting me to be able to do my job and to work with them. And so like, uh, for the rest of my career, I, I will never take that for granted. And I think that's something that you really have to understand going into medicine. So yeah. I love wow. that. I love that. Wow. We're, she gets it. Girl. Amazing. Beautiful. Um, thank you. We've been talking for way too damn long. You. Let's just thank let's you, end thank it. Thank you, Sarah. Right. Wow. Bye. Bye. Bye.